You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. What's going on, everybody? This is Reggie, a.k.a. Nobody Famous. You're listening to the Creative Masters Podcast. I just want to thank everybody again who's been listening to the podcast each week, commenting, leaving reviews on iTunes and everything like that. Also, if you've submitted an instrumental, thank you guys for doing that and leaving a review on iTunes. And if you're a beat maker or producer and you want to do that, just hit our Instagram at Creative Masters Podcast on how you can get your instrumentals featured on the podcast. This week for episode 11, we got my man Andre Simmons, aka Dre Kid. He's a very dope illustrator and painter out of Inglewood, California. So we met about seven years ago. We just stayed in touch over the years. I wanted him to come on and share a story with us. So we talk about a lot of good things in this episode, including what it was like growing up in Inglewood, California, surrounded by gang culture and skate culture and hip hop culture and how that kind of influenced his art over the years. They're from Inglewood or they're from um, South Central and like they from gangs, but at the same time as that, they're into skateboarding and they're into like graffiti and stuff like that. It was kind of a weird dichotomy going on there. Then we talk about his high school years and how he really wasn't feeling school that much until one teacher helped him to discover his artistic abilities. Then they you know, I look up and a whole month went by and I'm not ditching the class and like my work is getting better. And so it kind of created to where like, I was interested in learning. I was more curious about what I was doing. I wanted to learn more from that guy. Then we talk about how when you're blessed with a creative ability, how it's your duty to put in maintenance and work to grow in your creative journey. Every blessing that you receive, it requires work and maintenance. Like there's no such thing as a blessing that comes without work. We get into this and of course so much more in episode 11 of the Creative Masters podcast with Andre Simmons. So sit back, enjoy and be inspired. going on everybody this is reggie aka nobody famous you're listening to the creative masters podcast today we got a really dope guest um, i met this brother probably seven eight years ago now he had just hit me up we had a bunch of mutual friends um back in la and he was just like yo like you know i want to do a photo shoot with you at like 5 30 in the morning out in the middle of downtown <laughs> la so that's kind of how we met and, and then we just kind of stayed in touch since then but he's uh he's an illustrator he designed some dope t-shirts um into music into a bunch of different stuff so i'm gonna let him kind of give the introduction more of himself here in a minute, but Andre, Dre Simmons, Dre Kid, what's going on, my dude? Word. Appreciate the words, man. Ain't very much. How's everything, yeah? Good, man. I appreciate you coming on and everything. Yeah, that's no problem, Doc. Yep. So, uh, like, as you know, this podcast is just geared towards creativity about those hustling, people doing, you know, dope things with their art and things like that. So why don't you tell everybody who's listening um, a little bit about yourself and then we'll kind of go from there. Word, okay. Um, yeah, my name is Andre Simmons, Dre Kid. Uh, got the, the nickname from my grandpa. Uh, you know, uh, coming from Inglewood, California, my whole thing is just using different creative outlets. I just want to be able to express myself as many ways as possible and, you know, connect with as many people as I can that feel the same way. So, different collaborations build up different uh, creations or whatnot. And mm -hmm. I'm just free to 
I just want to I want to express freedom. That's my whole thing. So, you know, whether it be in a different lane of with energy, you just want to follow those energies. So, whether it be painting or drawing or whatever. So that's what ended up coming out of stuff. So that's why everything comes so random. Mm-hmm. But it is what it is. That's what's up, man. And uh, like you just you kind of touched on it. You do have your hands in a lot of uh, different creative creative things. So what was kind of like your first, uh, I guess, creative or artistic love for you? Well, for me, it was kind of weird because um, I kind of grew up with that around me in a sense that like my 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 older brother who's kind of like a father to me because he has like so much years in front of me he's like 15 years older than me mm-hmm. but we didn't have parents like our parents was like out of commission kind of so he kind of like looked up after me growing up but he was into graffiti mm-hmm. he was into graffiti tough with my older cousins and they was in that world that 80s world you know the 80s like the generation from like the seventies babies that grew up in the eighties, they was like real creative. Mm-hmm. Like they was free to you know be from gangs, but also be into like drawing and doing graffiti and break dancing and stuff like that. So it kind of had that weird dichotomy where like they're from Inglewood or they're from um, South Central and like they from gangs, but at the same time as that they're into skateboarding and they're into like graffiti and stuff like that it was kind of a weird dichotomy going on there mm-hmm. but um like i started drawing because i kind of like wanted to like um impress my brother like i wanted to impress my brother and my cousins because you know that's what they did and so i started drawing that way started rapping that way also because they was into rap they was into hip-hop heavily you know for everything from nwa to hieroglyphics fucking far side all that shit so like um those were early influences and directly started being more like um more creative on my own once i got into high school and like that shit was kind of like ill because i would just be drawing in class i wouldn't take it serious at all i was the worst student in the world mm-hmm. i shut up to school like two or three days a week <laughs> Uh, just ditching like as much as I can being terrible but um like I went to this art class just because I heard I could ditch out of it real easy and like previous to that I you know I thought I could draw a little bit I would just be drawing like pictures of like my teachers I didn't like or kids I didn't like like just like trying to make them look like you know like whatever yeah, yeah yeah like whatever their their personality kind of was to me i would make them look like that so if somebody like was kind of a douchebag to me i kind of like make them look like that douchebag so yeah yeah but just, we just had their face on the douchebag anyway so i got into this art class and um like the teacher you know was from romania and it was really different meeting somebody from romania he had this whole different communication style he had this broken english it was terrible but mm-hmm. He was amazing at fucking drawing and just painting and all that shit. Like, his art was crazy tight. And it was kind of interesting looking at him do his little tutorials or whatnot. And so, like, he had us do, like, these um, drawing these drawing exercises, like, the first week of class. Mm-hmm. And, like, my, my whole thing was, okay, I'll stick in this class for, like, the first week or two. I'll let the newness die, die down of it, and then I'll start ditching. Mm-hmm. You know, let it like let me understand the feel of this, and 
then I'll start ditching. And then, like, but the drawing, the drawing exercise that he had us doing started, like, taking my time. Like, so I'm starting in there. I'm in there drawing, and I'm tired. I'm, like, like I'm sitting there drawing. I think I'm, I'm drawing something tight. After he shows this a tutorial of what he did was so tight, I'm like, okay, well, that's kind of inspiring. So I want to, like, draw something tight. But every time he come over to check out my work, he check out everybody's work, and he, like, would be like, yo, that's dope, basically. And But he would then take my pencil and erase that shit and then, like, draw something on top of it, and it'd be like, oh, that's way fucking tight. Yeah, but that's yeah. the lines. Like that's not mine's at all. So my my whole thing was I started to be like, well, I want to get this to so tight to where he don't have to grab my pencil no more and erase the shit. Mm-hmm. So after I started doing that, and then next you know I look up and a whole month went by and I'm not ditching the class and like my work is getting better, and so it kind of created to where like I was interested in learning. I was more curious about what I was doing. I wanted to learn more from that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, so then by the time that semester is gone, like gone, done, like, uh, you know, I, that's the only thing that was kind of keeping me in the school basically. Mm-hmm. And I didn't even know this, but then he started submitting my work to like different, uh, contests, like in the city or whatnot. He started sub- submitting my work to different contests and I started winning awards and I did something for my self-esteem. I didn't even know it at the time, but it did something for my self-esteem to be able to win stuff. Mm-hmm. Like I never won shit. Like I was terrible in school like you know like i remember you said that you was a football player in high school Mm -hmm. i was in basketball but then like i got caught up fighting and stuff like that they put me into um probation basically and i couldn't play basketball for two years like it was a sick little situation so i had all this free time and it was not good to have all that free time and then when the art came and it was like a positive influence in terms of like, you know, just getting that positive recognition. Like it, it set me in a whole different path. Like, yeah. So I would say that would be like the, the start of things just trying to like figure out. And at the same time as that, started doing spoken word at um, poetry lounges out here and stuff like that. So the expression kind of helped me deal with a lot of emotional issues. Yeah. That I was dealing with. Yeah. Yeah, that's dope. Cause I mean, as you know, yeah, I had the the program with the kids for you know four and a half years. Yeah, ago. definitely. And I think that you know a good teacher, especially when it comes to those arts, is is very important. And it just sucks that a lot of these districts are like cutting art programs and stuff like that. Because a lot of the times, it's not the science or the or the English class that's going to get the kid. It's going to be the art. And then I've even found like later on in life, like I go back and it's like now I'm like really into science and, and reading like reading books and philosophy and all this kind of stuff you know what i mean but that's just because i think it's a form of art but just drawing or having someone you know teach you how to draw or paint or whatever and then kind of put that confidence in you and show you that support can can really you know change someone's life so right you know i, I kind of i disagree with just um you know good teachers and especially like art programs and stuff because that art aspect of it can like change a kid's life and get them interested in like the other aspects of like education and stuff even if it's later on down the road so that, right that, that's, really that's true cool. yeah and that's um really true like because what you said right now about art opening other aspects of learning that's like that's really dope the way you put that right now because from art like getting into art, then like being able to like sit there with school mm-hmm. and like trying to be like a little bit more open minded about things. 
it kind of, I think that influenced me to be able to do psychology. Mm-hmm. And like, so when I got to college on some like barely getting their shit, like I focused on psychology. Then they, you know, like I didn't even know it, but this, the art was influencing my inclination to psychology because psychology is kind of like the, the abstract behavioral sciences. Basically it's more like influenced. So like, but that could be that way for someone getting into art, they could be into ge- geometry. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you know, different, different, different phases. So I never even looked at it like that. The way you put it right now, kind of, kind of, kind of connected the dots. But yeah, no, I feel like everybody needs arts in a way because it's not even just for like, okay. I just think that everybody needs an outlet. Yeah, for sure. Like, go ahead. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, I mean, everybody does need an outlet. A lot of times these kids are, you know, whoever, they don't know what the outlet is. And it's just like sitting in a classroom for seven, eight hours a day. You know what I mean? You might not, that might not be like a, a kid's outlet or their best way to learn or something like that. So sometimes right. it needs to be hands-on. Sometimes it needs to be a pen and a pad or some clay right. or some paint, you know, sitting there painting. And, and then it's like, oh, okay, like I'm, I'm into this. So that, I mean, even with you, you said that kept you in school or going, you know, not skipping class and things like that. And then it right. just kind of grew from there to where you're at today. But uh, so after, after these art classes and stuff, you said you started doing spoken word. Is that what kind of led you, I guess? I mean, obviously, probably led you into, like, rapping and hip-hop and things like that. Right. So, um, at the same time as, like, getting into the art classes, um, I actually had another homeboy who had just transferred over. I didn't know that he was into the same type of hip-hop I was in, or he was actually more into, like, the New York hip-hop. I was into lyrical stuff, but it was all West Mm Coast-based. And, um, like my mutual homeboy Omar kind of connected us up like oh y'all both draw and y'all both rap so like it was kind of interesting like uh being connected with the dude his name was Gemini it was kind of funny because like uh, you know we both was born like around the same time or whatever mm-hmm. both into uh rapping and drawing or whatever and it, like he had like a lot of sick things going on and at the same time as this I met um Thurst Yannick mm-hmm. um, and we was all, yeah, we was just all, like, just connecting up, rapping, cyphers, and all that type of stuff. And, like, my homeboy, Gemini, he actually ended up putting me on to, like, more, like, Nas and Jay and stuff like that. And that was a great time for Jay and Nas because that was around, like, right before the beef started. Mm-hmm. So it was a good time to, like, really get akin to what was going on. And then once that beef popped off, it was like, oh, they battling, oh, says these are bars. Like, and then they put out the best albums of their careers. Yeah. Like, well, Stillmatic may not be the best album of Nas' career, but Blueprint is definitely Jay's best album, in my opinion. Yeah, Blueprint, Blueprint, super dope. I mean, that and Reasonable Doubt are kind of my two favorites, and Stillmatic is one of my favorite Nas albums too. So that was a good time. That two thousand one, two thousand two ish time. Yeah, was real dope for hip hop. Um, so like as you as you progressed and you started, um, you know, ciphering and like connecting with different folks and stuff. When did you first um, kind of put out your first project? Oh, shit. First project. I mean, see, the thing about it is projects is kind of like, it's got to be conservative effort. Like, I didn't put out a project until, what, 2009, 2008 or something like that. And that was more so just like trying to get like a studio together to where I felt comfortable about the quality I was being put together. I mean, even then, 2009, my first mixtape, that project, like the quality was still all over the place, but... Mm -hmm. 
it was um it was interesting because back then it wasn't as accessible as it is now. It's just started to be more accessible at that point. But getting in the studio at first was just like the biggest struggle. Like I was in DC for a minute. And I was hopping from studio to studio, and out. like I had a homeboy at Def Jam, and we go up there, and like you know, just getting in the studio was just like, like oh, like we're finally here, but yeah, then yeah. here, and then we're doing too much talking and bullshit and smoking and drinking and yeah, all that shit. So it had to be a concerted effort once I went, came back to LA, like because I mean after college, you you know, you feel like. You want to um, lock it down a little bit more. Yeah, for sure. But, yeah, so 2009, I had to fix mixtape. And I'll, I don't know. That project, I felt I feel really good to get accomplished because at that time, I was, like, low-key homeless. Mm-hmm. Like, that shit was ill. Like, living out of my fucking Dodge Stratus. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this, since you just touched on that. Like, as a, as a creative... Um, and kind of pushing forward in your journey and things like that. How important is it to you to like actually finish like that first project to like, yeah, right. Yeah. That's, that's, that's kind of ill that you said that. Cause just to be able to complete the shit, mm-hmm. you know how that feeling is just to be able to complete the shit. is just like, wow, that's done. You know what I mean? And a lot of people, it's kind of hard for them to kind of grasp that feeling if they're not trying to end it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, just the feeling of having it completed, it kind of is like, once it's done, it's kind of like a labor of love, and you kind of look at it, it's kind of like one of your babies. Like, like in a sense, you know. Like, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I mean, um, I felt like for the longest time I was, you know, making music for probably five, six years before I actually finished, like, a complete project. And I remember, right. like, when I, when I bounced down that last song and I mean, we had like a little label and stuff at the time. So we took it to mastering and everything. And it was just like, right. man, like I finished this, you know? And it's like, I think from that day, and that was in 2004 from that day on, it was just like, I started finishing stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, it was a huge stepping stone uh, for me, like create creatively. Yeah. But, and then along the same lines, after you finish it, like, a lot of you know a lot of artists especially like aspiring artists and stuff they're um kind of hesitant about putting stuff out right so it's like right. they, they might create something and then they're like well i don't want to release this to the world or for whatever reason it could be fear or whatever like how important is it or how how did you get over like that hump of like you know showing your art to the world and like putting it out there well let's see i never really had that hesitance mm-hmm. like I, I was just always a person that'd be like okay let's put it out there and just see what happens with it like uh, just being around ciphers and stuff like that and then getting to the point where okay the myspace music thing <laughs> like that yeah yeah that was just like okay we recorded and we could just kind of like throw that on there real quick to see what type of uh, response you get and you gotta put it out there because you gotta see what type of feedback what is what you know what i mean exactly the people will let you know by the excitement it produced or you know who will come to you with what or whatever mm-hmm. And I like that feeling a lot. I think once um, newer artists get the idea of like getting feedback and like and engaging the energy and the excitement around things, mm-hmm. I think uh, they'll use that to their advantage a little bit more. Um, I have a cousin that's similar to that. You know, she's um, she's an artist and she's um, she's going through that 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 starting artist phase and she hasn't put anything out and she'll post a video up on youtube for a second then take that shit down mm-hmm. 
And, yeah, you just got to, like, you know, kind of throw balls to the wall, basically. Yeah, I mean, I agree. I kind of look at it kind of like the way these, uh, like the startups, there's like this book called The Lean Startup. So it's like you just basically create something like a, just a step above a prototype to where it actually just works. And then you Beta version. <laughs> yeah, then you put it out there and then yeah. you see, you know, what happens, what people request and stuff like that. And I kind of look at art the same way. So it's like when, you know, especially even like when MySpace is popping, you got SoundCloud and SoundClick <laughs> and Bandcamp and everything else now. So you put it out there. You know what I mean? You kind of see the response and then you kind of work off of that. So it's like, oh, yeah, people like you, your art, this kind of art that you're creating. And then you just kind of go off of that. And Although, then, you know, I kind, of get, I kind of understand the hesitance of that, though, because once you put it on, a, on the Internet, it's out there forever. Basically, you could try to like delete it. But I mean, later on down the line, I mean, people are always able to find that shit. So you kind of want to be conscious of your, your image in a way. Yeah. But. Yeah, that's best. I mean, like, you, even when you look at artists like Kendrick Lamar, you can see, like, like his humble beginnings. And, and that's that's what I was going to say on the opposite end. Like, you can see yeah. that growth, though. You know what I mean? So you can go back and watch a Kendrick video from 08, and then you look at what he's doing now, and you can see like, the progression in that growth. So, I mean, it's just kind of, I guess, like you said, the image and what you want to portray. But me personally, I like seeing the growth. Like, I have stuff on the Internet from 2004, you know what I mean, or 2006 or something like that. And it's like, I'm cool with that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, you know, it, it, it is what it is. It's kind of like a time capsule. Exactly. It's, for, it's a time capsule for everybody to see. I mean, um, for me, I feel like I'm just like one of those people that, like, if I do something in 2007, I might be embarrassed by it. Like, I look at an old drawing and I'll be like, uh, what was I on when I did this? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean... It is what it is. You throw it out there and you see what type of what is. I just like the in-person thing a little bit better because, like, for instance, like, if I go to the poetry lounge and I test out a verse mm -hmm. and the verse is great, okay, that's cool. That's, like, you know, get that, that good feedback. Or if it's not so great, I could judge. Like, when you're doing it in person and you're performing it, you can see the reaction on people's faces after certain lines. Yeah, you can you can feel it. You can even just you, feel it, yeah. You can feel it, right? And so, like, you could, you if you're on the fence about something, low-key, and you did, like, the 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 audience, you give the audience feedback, the in-person thing, and then, you know, if it was something that you was, like, thinking was dope and you think it's going to hit a certain way and it comes back to you that way, or if it doesn't, you know where to tweak things. And the in-person thing when you're performing, it actually lets you fine-tune a lot more. Like with um, with the internet stuff, like the the feedback might not be as direct, and people you know see a lot of things, but they don't like always like comment. Yeah, so a lot of lurkers and stuff. Yeah, lurkers. Oh man! <laughs> and every time you post like beats and stuff like that, low key, like I want to comment under all those shits, but I don't want to be a stalker on your fucking page. <laughs> I want to comment on all those shits like, man, this shit is hard. Like, you know, but you don't want to be that person. You know what I mean? So. Yeah. I get it. I get it. So, uh, mo like, moving on, like, I remember, like, in L.A., in my L.A. days, I was, like, huge on, like, graphic tees. Like, I'd be going over to, like, <laughs> Urban Outfitters and just yeah, anywhere yeah. on Melrose is, like, trying to get a, a graphic tee for a show every week, right? So, right. like, what kind of got you into, like, designing those T-shirts and stuff? Like, I remember that Bush T-shirt was, like, a classic. <laughs> So like what kind of got you into wanting to do that? I appreciate that. And I, I, like um, I used to work at a store, a clothing store in LA called Up Against the Wall, mm -hmm. and 
you know what? Uh, didn't come, I didn't have the best intentions when I came over there. Like, uh, I just thought, like, okay, this is the Fox's Mall. This is my home mall, basically. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got a lot of pretty girls that work up in this store. And, like, I know a lot of pretty girls that come in that store. I just kind of wanted to have fun. Oh, I forget which line it was or which song, but I think like Dom Kennedy had said that one song, and I always think about that when somebody says Fox Hills Mall. Yeah, you know what's funny? I know him from that situation. That yeah. it, being at up against the wall, he used to come in every week, mm-hmm. and then one of his homeboys ended up being like the manager over at that store, and then he was in there even more times. So it was like, yeah, I would always like come across him and like talk about him, talk shit about him, like, oh, you look like Kanye. Mm-hmm. Then after that, I found out he was rapping, and it was interesting. But yeah, like so. Yeah, no, that uh, that whole little experience that was just a fun time, man. Mm-hmm. That was just like uh, it was fun, but then it was whack because then you're getting paid shit. Like you're working in the mall, working in like minimum wage, and have to go like sell a whole bunch of shit that you're not getting any commission for, barely like one percent or some shit like that. But mm-hmm. at the same time, as that. I was meeting a lot of people. That shit was cool. Um, I met somebody who um, was into... actually met a lot of people who was like had their own companies, like 5'4". Mm-hmm. In their early stages, they used to give me a whole bunch of clothes. Like They were just trying to like get their they foot in the door type thing. And like I would talk to people, like basically, like how do you do this? How do you do that? And I, I see the prices on things, and I'm just like, man, I don't want to pay that. <laughs> yeah. Not even with my discount do I want to pay that. So I just got my like own little situation where okay, well let me start sell screen a little bit. Like once I got the game, like somebody told me the game on how to sell screen, I basically just started sell screening my t-shirts, and then I end up like making like this uh, this this hip hop t-shirt that had the uh, old composition book and it said book of rhymes on it. It was actually my book of rhymes that I like scanned and like I kind of like put on a, a frame. Mm-hmm. Like I put it on a T-shirt real quick, and I ended up selling those to. Um, I sent sold, sold a couple to Eminem, sold a couple to Ludacris. That shit was fucking crazy. Like that whole little situation just starting up. As soon as I get a T-shirt, I'm automatically selling to these people's stylists because their stylists would come in to up against the wall, mm-hmm. and the stylists would be like, "Yo." I need that. Like, let me like let me take a picture of this, or let me show this to this person, and mm-hmm. let's, let's see what they want for they shoot or whatever. So it was just like a crazy ass little experience. So then, yeah, yeah. I'll go ahead, my bad. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So that's that's where that started from, basically. All right, that's what's up. Yeah, because I didn't, I didn't even, I, I didn't know that story. I just remember you had, uh, like I said, kind of earlier on, you had hit me up. Yeah, I guess what may just probably just do a bunch of mutual people, mutual acquaintances through music and stuff. And uh, right. I remember you came, picked me up. It was like five thirty in the morning, <laughs> like downtown LA, like shooting yeah. stuff. So I, I think I started in Chinatown, right? Uh, Koreatown, yep. Koreatown. So uh, that was always interesting to me. Hey, you like, had gave me some shirts, and I would be like wearing them at performances and stuff. So that's really dope. Yeah. Um, so what? Appreciate you, that you did that, man. I'll never forget that shit. Yeah, that was that was good times, man, for sure. Uh, so like as of lately though, it seems like you've been focusing a lot more like on your drawings and your paintings and stuff. Like you did that really really dope piece of of my daughter. So I appreciate that. We're gonna uh, we're gonna get it framed. You know, you know what's crazy about that is um, you know what like the value that you put into things. Like people think that um, like people think that everything is just like monetary base and everything is like, you know, they only look at like black and white, whatever, but mm-hmm. they don't 
see like that the energy that you put in things, the value that you put in things just kind of like comes naturally to what, you know, you're really interested in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the love that things that, that you really put into, you know, it, it creates that value. So just from knowing you and then like, you know, seeing how you interact with your daughter through your page and all that shit and just like, you know, that just kind of that to me, that's 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 inspiring. The, the, the interaction, the, the relationship that you have with your daughter, mm-hmm. also from the simple fact that, like, I, I think parenting is the best blessing in the world. Like, the to have a child, you know, it's like a gift. Now, not to say that that gift doesn't come at work, because I feel like every blessing that you receive, it requires work and maintenance. Like, there's no such thing as a blessing that comes without work. Definitely, yeah. Like, your talents, like, you know, like with your creative talents, you have to work around them. Like, you don't you don't just have the talent and, oh, people just flock to it and that's it. And you don't even have to work. You know, you have to work and, you know, you have to maintain a certain level of, like, okay, maintenance. Just, like, uh, you know, you know, everything. It's like not, not people think that. Life is just, you know, you just wake up and you just go and that's it. Nah, it's not that. Like, you have to, like, pretty much put in the the time and, you know, there's only so much time in a day. And the fact that you're able to put that time into your daughter and, you know, make sure, like, for instance, before we even got to this Skype uh, deal that you, you you made sure that your daughter was fed. Mm-hmm. Like that type of thing, you know, it, it requires that, you know, and for people to understand that, like to, to take that blessing and to manifest it in the way that you are doing, that translates. So that's kind of like, that's something that I want to always use as a catalyst. That, like, I'm grateful for you to even let me use your paint, your, your photograph to do that painting mm-hmm. because that did something for me that day to be able to do that because I look up to fatherhood. Mm-hmm. Man, I, I appreciate those words for sure, man. And uh, I guess along those notes, I was going to kind of ask you this a little bit later on, but like what what does influence you? Like what kind of drives you to do what you do creatively? Like what are your influences? Life, life, man. Like, and, you know, it's such a broad thing to say because everything is life, but life, like really living, like there's, there's living and then there's living this shit. Like mm-hmm. some people just exist. Like, no, living is your influence that's going to be left behind. Mm-hmm. You're gone. When you're no longer here, you know what I'm saying? like That legacy. That legacy. Knock on wood. But, you know, let's say you pass later on 50 years from now, but your daughter is still here. She still has your memories. Mm-hmm. She, she remembers how you was as a father or whatnot. And she, you know, she spares those 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 uh stories that you that you guys have together to her grandkids mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that still exists you don't want to be that person that oh you know the stories that you know the your daughter leaves to the grandkids is man that nigga was not around you know what i mean like that <laughs> yeah yeah was non-existent don't worry about him he then as a matter of fact it probably won't even be that it'll probably just be not even mentioned Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like that shit, that's the worst. So, you know, I don't want to be a footnote, man. I just kind of like, I want to be able to like, 
you know, spread love. You know what I'm saying? That's what we're put here to do. We're supposed to spread love and any opportunity that you can to do it in the way that you know how, mm-hmm. then do that shit. Give that love. You know, if you if you see something, speak on it. If you if you feel something, you know, if something moves you, move with it. Don't be scared. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. Yeah. You know and I think that's that's really dope because like I've been, you know, talking to a lot of different people from a lot of different backgrounds, from, you know, photographers and artists and producers and, and all these different people. And it seems like, you know, over the last few weeks I've been doing it, it's kind of like an underlying theme of of, of the people who are kind of successful with their craft or, or like, you know, making noise of the craft or whatever. It's like about that love. It's about sharing, you know, sharing themselves with the world, being vulnerable, um, being passionate about their work and like everybody I've talked to has pretty much said the same thing. So it's like, even like with this podcast and kind of sharing everybody's story, it's just interesting to see like a a recurring theme happening that, you know, just share, just act on it. Like if you have an act, if, if you want to create something, create it. Cause um, even the last person I talked to, they're like, you know, I just want to make as much as I can creatively while I'm here. Cause I'm not going to be here forever. You know what I mean? So, um, I think that's very important for people to understand, especially like the creative types. Like you, when you have that that blessing, and as you said, you got to do the work and you got to do the maintenance on your talent. You know what I mean? Like you're not going to be here forever, so put that work in and, and put yourself out there and just see what happens. You know what I mean? Right. Because we all know that one person. We all had at least one person. I have a few in my life that you know it was just immensely talented, but they didn't want to put in the work. Mm-hmm. And they had that saying. Uh, 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 hustle beats talents when talent don't want to hustle. Yep, I just uh, did a little graph. I'm actually probably post it on Instagram in a minute. I just did a graphic with that quote the other day. Right. I know exactly what you're talking about. Yep. And that's the that's the realest shit ever, right? Because like when I was playing basketball, I had a homeboy named Mikey who was dunking in seventh grade. Mm-hmm. I think and, we all know somebody like that. Yep. <laughs> yeah, it was, but it was crazy because like he was like smoked out and just like you know just thought that he would just be able to get by just off of talent alone and not have to work and just be like this crazy ass talent on the court beasting mm-hmm. but it kind of caught up to him and i feel like if that's another part to it is the fact that if you don't manifest like correctly with your 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 work ethic mm-hmm. that shit comes back to haunt you like your talent if you take your, your, your talent for granted the, the talent gets taken away yeah because i mean it's laying dormant for one and then Two, yeah. you're someone who's not as talented as you, who's putting in way more work than you. So eventually, they're going to catch up to you. Right. So, I mean, even early on, if you do have all the talent in the world and you're just like light years ahead of everybody, like everybody else who's actually doing the work is going to catch up with you and pass you. So, if you're not working towards what you have your unique talent of, it's going to uh, come back to haunt you in a certain way. Because now you're working this nine to five, or you're working whatever job that really has nothing to do with what you're really talented at, and you're like punished for it every fucking day. Yep, I agree, totally agree. Um, yeah. So as far as putting in that work, like, what do you do? I've seen a lot of progression over the years. Like you said, you know, if you saw something from 2007 or drawing or something, you remember like what was I on when I did that or whatever. But like. What do you do every day to progress as an artist? Like I see you you usually do a lot of stuff on Instagram, like a, a painting or a drawing or something like that. But what are some of the things you do to get better at your craft every day? Well, okay. So there's like a whole bunch of stuff that I kind of like, I never post because I kind of just leave it on. I'll hold that on, like hold up, hold that for like 
either later or I just I kind of just want to post like stuff that I feel like people kind of relate to. Uh-huh. So maybe like one third of the stuff that I actually do, I'll probably post. But like in terms of just like on the day to day thing, I'll just kind of be sketching all day. Like I'll probably I'll be in my little notepad sketching, trying to figure out ideas. Or I just like have the ideas and I just kind of put them in my notepad and my my, um, my iPhone or whatnot. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, just a little sketching here and there, looking at little tutorials, just saying like, oh, okay, that's how you do that. And then you could move this to there and you could kind of like assimilate different ideas. Mm-hmm. Like you could, you could move this idea, like you could use this idea that you learned from this form of media and you could apply it to different forms. Like it, once I found that out, like it was just kind of like, it kind of opened the door to different, like different aspects. Like one thing that's, I think, um, one thing about art that is, I think, universal across all medias is layers. Yeah, definitely. Like, yeah, like layers. Like, um, you know, you, like your Pro Tools got layers to it. Like the the tracks, you know, what I'm saying, like they have, like, you know, you have your your drum layer, and you have your your, your snares, and you know, the sample, and all that type of stuff, and whatnot. Um, and painting, you lay down your first layer, it might be a, like a light sketch or whatever. Then you put like the, the first color down and you put the second. In self-screening, you do like a four color process and it might be like the first color is cyan or whatever. Then you put the magenta. Then you, Each one of these medias got layers to them. Mm-hmm. I feel like the best art got some a lot of layers to it. It's like an onion. You know, you're peeling off the different layers and it's like, you know, uh, for I think the the audience, the people that's consuming it, the the more layers, the better, because then it gives it more replay value. Or you could go back and look at that piece of art, and you could be like, "Whoa, I found something in there that I didn't even see before." Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean that, that totally makes sense. And I mean, um, I remember kind of to apply it to music. Um, one of my friends who I started making music with here in Georgia, his dad is actually like one of the best like bluegrass guitar players or something like in the, in the nation or something. Damn. And uh, he had told us, and you know, you know how those like mandolins and guitars are sounding like in bluegrass. So it was, it's crazy because he told us early on, like when we were sort of like making beats and stuff, he's just like, you know, all it is, is a lot of simple elements on top of each other. So, you know, that's kind of how I always approach music. Cause you can make some really interesting things with like little simple layers on top of each other. And then it makes like a more complex piece. So and it's, the right. same, it's the same with, um, you know, with, with artwork as well. Like when I'm in illustrator or Photoshop or whatever, like you said, it's just all layers. I'm adding, you know, putting different things on top of each other. You can hide little things here and there that somebody might not catch the first time. Right. I, I do that a lot with music, just hide little sounds in there or something that maybe I only hear. And if somebody listens to it in a different way, like on headphones, or something, you know, they're like, oh, I didn't catch that the first time. So, yeah, right. that, that's really dope. Um, so, I mean, along those kind of like same lines of, of a lot of what we've been talking about, putting in that work um, and everything, like what do you, what is kind of like your definition of hustle, like hustling with, with your creativity? Um, I mean, hustle is different things to different people because mm-hmm. you know what's kind of funny is I realized that um, – you know, people just got different realities. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, what is my life might be different than somebody else's life. Um, I look, I can compare it to, like, being on the treadmill. Like, my hustle to me, my treadmill, you know what I'm saying? I got to put that treadmill to, like, 
you know, for me to feel like I'm working, I got to put that treadmill to like 10 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, I run a few miles with that and I feel like I put in some work in that short amount of time that I'm able to be on that, that treadmill. All right. Now, I might be on that treadmill only for about 20 minutes at that rate. Right. Mm-hmm. But then there's a person next to you that is working equally as hard, but their treadmill might be at like four. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And they, they sweating and they're jogging at four. Like for me, four would be like a strong walk. But for them, they jogging and they working and they sweating, but they on that treadmill, not 20 minutes, but they're on that treadmill for like, let's, let's say an hour or two hours or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's hustle for them. You know what I'm saying? And that, that's working for them. And, you know, that's, for me, that 20-minute increment where I'm going hard, that's great for me. You know what I mean? So, for me, that's kind of like, that's kind of a metaphor for pretty much everything I do. So, it's like, if I'm in one lane, if I'm working on these paintings, I'm working on these paintings, and I kind of like want to have it to where I'm able to go hard for these paintings for a few hours, and I'm able to knock out a few of them or whatever. Um, some artists, they spend months and months and months on paintings i've never spent more than a few days Mm -hmm. i can't you know that's just like my thing i just kind of like doing things in like a fast pace so it allows me to go into another like little little lane so i could do like the illustrator like because being on the painting drawing and being on the computer is like two different things for me Mm -hmm. and so then and then you make a mix also because then you could take the painting and you can scan it and you can make it into a graphic and it takes the graphics up to a whole other level because now you're using the actual textures. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like it's just like when you're creating the sounds, and then you you're creating your own sounds. You're making your own drum sounds, or you're making your own bass sounds from whatever. I heard this dude make a fucking bass sound from farts. That shit was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> like, but I mean, uh, I guess it works. People didn't know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. He told me, I was like, once he told me, I couldn't hear it the same no more. I always smelt the beat. Like, I didn't. <laughs> the I layers, right? <laughs> layers, yeah, layers. Yeah. But, I mean, uh, I, I think that is important for everybody to understand that, you know, hustle is different for everybody. You know, you can't compare yourself to anybody else because you're your own individual. And, you know, once you figured out what works for you and works for yourself, then I feel that's kind of when you hit your stride and, and can take your art and just your life in general, you know, to the next level. What, which, what works for you, and then once you apply consistency to that. Because I think that's the only thing that might be universal amongst all hustles that got to have consistency to it, right? Mm-hmm. And I, 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 you know, I'm big on um, you know the whole like 10,000 hours putting in that work. I try to put in work like on something every day. Like I was supposed to be cleaning up this morning, and I ended up making like a remix video just out of the blue because the idea came to me, you know. So I try to work I- on something every single day and I think that's what it is is um, that a lot of people don't understand it's like that discipline and that consistency right because I mean a lot of things to get going especially when it comes to like art and stuff it's probably going to take you at least seven to ten years and like I look back at my journey and like anything significant that actually like happened that I'll can look back on for the rest of my life happened after like seven years of work or so I mean I think that's very important for like people to understand um so, I mean, we kind of touched on some of these things. Um, or, well, you kind of touched on some of them earlier, but what are like some things that you do? Because I'm big on like a growth mindset. You know what I mean? Like I'm constantly listening to podcasts, reading books, TED Talks, whatever. What are some things that you do just to kind of become a better person like in life? And how does that impact your, your artwork? 
I think that you kind of touched on it in a sense, like um, the reason why you read the books and you listen to the podcasts is trying to gather the the perspective, mm-hmm. right? trying to gather more perspective. And uh, it's funny that we come back to this point because my first art teacher, I asked him um, if you are working on art and um, you stop from it do you ever really lose it? Like, when I stop learning, knowing how to draw or whatever. Mm-hmm. And he said, if you come back to it later on in life, you actually might be better because your perspective is a little bit broader. He didn't say it like that because he was Romanian and he had this broken-ass English. But basically, <laughs> said... Yeah, yeah. But, uh, like, it, it, it comes down to just gathering that perspective and listening to people. Like, when I have, like... There's sometimes you have a conversation with somebody... And you you gather in their energy, and then that from that energy, it produces like an idea, and from that idea you put in the work, and then you know you never know what the fuck it might be, dog. Mm-hmm. You know, what I mean? the Empire State Building that shit was just an idea at one point. You know, what I'm saying that's just like you know large, tallest, tallest building in New York, shit. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. everything starts from just an idea. Everything starts off really small, and then it grows if you allow it to. So yeah, it's just having that perspective. Perspective is probably the most important thing ever. Because if we could all get on the same page with perspective, then there wouldn't be so much trauma, drama in the world, or whatnot. So it's like that's the thing that you want to use to influence your art because you want your art to be able to relate to people. That's what you know. If we put it out for is just to to get that that response back and hopefully it helps somebody for me that's the thing that influenced me to the most to try to like be better is i want to i want to use my art to help you know because life could be rough Mm -hmm. a lot of people go through different things and and what i learned from music it was just that you know i'm putting together a story but that story once it's late released and it's like performed or whatnot it might actually touch somebody that i didn't even have any type of idea of why it would touch somebody like that i had a song where like i performed it at my um at my one of my old schools mm-hmm. and it was like a, it was a pretty large crowd a lot of people that was out there that it, you know i didn't even i didn't know whatever i just like i performed the song afterwards um this lady this asian lady came up to me i never met before she comes up to me she's just like you know this part about that kind of touched me because I went through something like that and it was kind of interesting that you put it in those words because that's kind of the same way I got out of it. Yeah. And like that type of connection, it influences you to kind of go harder. It makes you want to do more in that vein. Like some people don't want to be understood. I want to be understood. I want the understanding to be both ways though. I want to be able to like relate and get get give it back and i want people to to be able to relate to me i want to relate to people and i want to be able to have that connection strong yeah i mean i i totally get it and um kind of to touch back on on the perspective aspect like i remember um, back in college like my favorite professor we were in class it was like all, it was just a random comment he had made and he's like i still go i visited him a few months ago but i try to visit him here you know as much as I can and uh, we'll talk and stuff. And he had said just randomly in class, like, you know, what you want to do is read papers and articles and books and like 
connect these dots. And when you start connecting a lot of these different dots, it kind of puts things in perspective for you. And from a, you know, I was in business school. So from a business perspective, it's going right. to, it's going to kind of help you see what's next or what might be coming. You know what I mean? And yeah. ever, ever since he said that, like I remember it was 10 years ago now, that's when I really started like seeking news and seeking like knowledge and books and stuff like that. And it, it took a while but it's like, you know, you start putting those dots together and it's like you can't nobody can ever predict the future, but you can kind of see which way things are going. And then you can act accordingly and you can put stuff together, you know, that that can benefit your art or your business career or your whatever, you know. And even like with what I do now with, uh, you know, doing photography and video at Home Depot, it's like I was like, I need to I always like taking pictures. I always like doing video. So I invested in the camera and I created a blog me and my girlfriend created a blog and i'm like taking photos and like doing like food photography and like really trying to make it look like a magazine or something and that ended up getting me a job at you know a fortune 500 company so doing doing what i want to do yeah so it's like about connecting those dots and kind of seeing where trends are going and seeing what's happening and kind of piecing it together and and you know you gain perspective that way um by seeking that knowledge so yeah that's really dope you said that but um Man, like I said, I, I definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast. That was, I think, it was a very dope conversation. And like I always, kind of outline the um, the conversation and where I wanted to go, and it kind of went somewhere totally different, but it went where I think it needed to go for sure. But uh, I ramble off. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, it's, it's totally good. You know what I mean? So uh, I think we touched on a lot of dope things <laughs> and and a, a very interesting insight. So uh, let everybody know like where they can find you online, where they can find your work. Cause like I said, everybody, like he's got some really dope paintings, t-shirts, all that kind of stuff you can get in the store and stuff, but give me, you know, your Instagram, your website and all that kind of good stuff. Right. On. Um, that's Drake kid chilling on IG and, um, like truecons.com for, um, yeah, everything else just like pretty much, I try to keep it more updated. Mm-hmm. That's kind mm-hmm. of like, uh, my new thing I got to start doing is make sure that thing is updated because I have went a little while without it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I got to keep that up. But truecons.com for everything. All right. That's what's up, man. Uh, so, yeah, I appreciate you coming on the podcast. Everybody, this is Creative Masters. We'll see you next week. So there you have it. That was episode 11 of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Andre Simmons. Y'all be sure to go check him out on his Instagram page. He has some very, very dope artwork on there. As usual, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nobody Famous. And don't forget Machine Masters at Machine Masters on Instagram and Twitter, as well as MachineMasters.com. Until next week, this is Nobody Famous. Peace. Peace.